Hello everyone, I am Mr Hine. And I'm Dr Mackenzie. And it is Election Eve. Oh, what a time to be alive. It's a very exciting time to be alive, particularly for those of us who have shares in mask companies. <laughs> very good time to be alive. So it is Election Eve and uh, very exciting times ahead. But just before we begin to engage in what exactly might happen uh, tonight in America... Uh, I'd just like to thank our sponsors. Um, since 1824, the Tweed Company have been sponsoring the department and they continue <laughs> to do so. So thank you very much for that. And also, just in case anybody is slightly concerned, we are conducting this uh, podcast from a social distance. I have retreated to my Suffolk mansion. And I've pushed the boat out and got a caravan in Skegness. So we are at a very safe distance. So please do rest assured. So... We know that there is going to be either a Trump or a uh, Trump second term or a Biden presidency. And so we thought we would get uh, some of our younger members of our community to give their impression of Donald Trump. And here's what came to mind when they heard the name Trump. When I think of Trump, I think of the questionable things he has said and done. I think about how the world would be if every leader was like him. And I think of injecting bleach into myself. I think that Trump has done a bad job of controlling the coronavirus and made the USA one of the most um, contagious countries to have, to have the coronavirus. Whenever I think of Trump, I think of drinking bleach and all of his unhelpful advice about COVID. Whenever I think of Trump, I think of the fact that he's managed to fool so many people into voting for him, even though that he's racist, homophobic, and doesn't really think about most people's rights and mainly thinks about certain people's rights. I think about his racist attitudes towards immigration and also how he poorly handled the coronavirus outbreak. I think about he's a rich man who's uh, tried to... He's focused on a particular part of uh, America and not the whole part of it. I think about his stupid Twitter posts and all of the stupid things he's said and done. So there you have a few thoughts from some of the younger members of the Andal community. Um, they've touched on everything from Trump's immigration policy to his handling of the coronavirus situation and also about perhaps how the world now perceives the United States of America. Mr. Hine, what comes to mind when you think of Donald Trump? Well, I think the thing that I find most shocking uh, when I think about the Trump presidency is the way that, to some extent, the violence has been legitimised. Um, the very thought when you sort of watch a Trump rally to see people stood behind Donald Trump mm. armed and uh, the possibility of what might happen if this election is to some degree contested, I find that quite frightening. Um, I also think that if you look at uh, the people who often stood behind Donald Trump armed, that Walmart in America must be quite close to fast food outlets. Um, and I find that quite frightening <laughs> too. Uh, but I'm very serious that I think that this legitimization of violence um, is something which uh, is, is of great concern. And that is, I think, fundamentally what comes to mind when I think of uh, the Donald Trump of today. And of course, Trump has really galvanised people through that use of fear, exploiting people's prejudices, perhaps. I mean, what comes to mind for me when I think of Trump is his use of Twitter, social media, and, and he's used it to great effect, really. I mean, we saw in 2016, the main difference really in the communication of Trump's message compared to Hillary Clinton's 
was that Clinton had relatively detailed, complex policies, whether one agreed with them or not is another matter, but they were quite uh, coherent, quite cohesive policies. Trump, on the other hand, managed to condense his policies down to a, a, a Twitter um, comment or um, a comment on social media. And that seems to have really resonated with a significant proportion of the American electorate, perhaps many of whom are now responding in the way that Mr. Hine has described. Um, he's certainly a unique character, I think, in the way that he communicates to the American people. And his use of Twitter in particular has been a staple throughout his uh, first term. Um, and really, it's, I think, symbolic of his use of populism in, in a way of as a way of communicating with the American public. Simple sound bites that they can relate to and they really think that this man is speaking their language. And of course he did. I mean, his great slogan was to make America mm. great again, which I suppose then having heard with from some of our young members of the community and now having heard from a couple of mm. has-beens like us, <laughs> let's see indeed whether a few of our upper six students do indeed see his legacy as having made America great again. Hi, I'm Tom Jowett, and when it comes to Trump's foreign policy legacy, it isn't an understatement to say that he has had a profound impact on the world around us. For instance, his isolationism and withdrawal from international treaties has left a lasting impact. Uh, the Paris Climate Accords, uh, the WHO, the cynicism in NATO, withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal, withdrawal from NAFTA, all of these have contributed to a fragmenting of the uh, Western order of diplomacy. Um, as America starts to isolate, so does the EU, so does the countries around it. Also, he has been pivotal in focusing away from the Middle East towards the Southeast with his um, constant attacks on China and, of course, the growing power of China. Uh, obviously, this has been um, made more significant by the fact that under his presidency, uh, shale oil gas has really started to be produced, which means that there's been much less dependence on the Middle East. Um, however, this does not mean that he hasn't had made breakthroughs there. For instance, there was the uh, UAE, Bahrain and Israel um, peace deal, which should hopefully foster uh, continued relations and peace throughout the Middle East. Therefore, although uh, the average favourable view of the US has dropped to 34% in a 13-country median, it is clear to see that Trump has had a massive impact upon the international order. Donald Trump has ultimately reversed 40 years advancement in globalised trade and finance. He's ripped up global supply chains. He's destroyed a geopolitical working relationship between Washington and Beijing. And through decoupling the United States from the global economy, he's basically ensured a future of America being outcompeted and impoverished by Europe, Japan and China. His legacy will allow for the loss of global prestige for US brands and it's confirmed the likelihood of Europe's move to take on America's place. His shallow words of, we will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world and will end our reliance on China once for all, it will only cater to the economic decline of America's within the geopolitical sphere. His advocates may say that his tenure will be remembered as the moment when the world pivoted away from unipolar paradigm to one of great power competition, but in reality his presidency will be marked by his adversarial stance towards both economics and foreign policy. Reporting live from Washington, D.C. Lizzie and Chloe discussing Trump's legacy. Donald Trump has arguably had the most controversial presidency yet. 
leaving a dangerous president. His legacy began with the famous tweet, Mexico will pay for the wall. Trump's unwillingness to control the pandemic has shaped the way in which America is now viewed by the rest of the world. His 2017 Muslim ban and his trade war with China has shaped his foreign policy in spite of his efforts to create peace in the Middle East. Climate change is one of the many issues Trump has failed to address. He has evidently left behind a divided nation. Vote Biden! So there are a range of thoughts then about what uh, the last four years have meant um, what a Trump presidency has looked like and therefore what the next four years, if he was to win again, could look like. Um, but if he doesn't win, then in the White House, it won't sadly be Kanye. Um, it will be Joe Biden. And so what, if anything, do we really know about what the next four years would hold? Okay, so much of Joe Biden's foreign policy is on reversing what Trump has done during his four years. This can be seen with uh, such actions such as rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, uh, famously Trump exited such accord, uh, rejoining the JCPOA with Iran, famously Trump tore up the agreement made in 2015, um, and also he wants to reintroduce sanctions in China. Biden also wants to um, end the Saudi-led coalition war in Yemen, uh, opposite to what Trump has done in support of the war by sending arms. So the pattern is visible that Biden's basically reversing much of Trump's kind of famous Republican foreign policies. So Biden is going for the classic Democrat line of um, racial equality and gender equality, with supporting removal of Confederate battle flags and statues of Confederate leaders in public spaces. He is going to establish national commissions to investigate the lasting economic effects of slavery and fight to tackle intergenerational poverty and the racial wealth gap, while also supporting a equal rights amendment for women. His views on race and gender is basically a classic Democrat line. So thank you, therefore, to the, the Sams for their thought on uh, what a Biden presidency, both domestically and internationally, would look like. I mean, I find it very difficult, don't you, Dr. McKenzie, mm. to really gauge any thought about what a Biden presidency would look like, um, partly because he's been so very quiet mm. on the campaign trail. Um, very limited amount of visits he was making last month. Um, he seems to be making this election very much about coronavirus, mm. which seems, although obviously a very significant issue, very slightly short-sighted so. um, in not really giving vision to what the presidency would look like. No. Well, he's mainly focused on mandating mask wearing. That seems to have been the clearest policy when it comes to dealing with this coronavirus Is that where the to mandate mask wearing <laughs> policy comes from? There it we go. Now we, all know, <laughs> now we all know who's leading on Biden that policy. <laughs> we have got, thank you, Uncle Joe. Sorry, no, Sleepy Joe, not Uncle Joe. That was someone else. Um, so, and I also feel, I mean, about... Uh, Biden, that the liberal media in America has gone very lightly on him. Um, almost no scrutiny of his policies, his agenda, his party platform whatsoever. Almost extent their fear mm. of actually holding uh, Biden to account somewhat may indeed lead to uh, a Trump second term. And obviously, the thought of that scares them to death. But what's interesting, isn't it, is you compare that to Fox News and their coverage of Trump and Fox News traditionally has been a huge supporter of Trump and even they've been somewhat critical of many of the things that Trump has been doing. So 
he arguably has been under much greater scrutiny from the media, hasn't he? Indeed. And, and all, I mean, the other, I think, interesting thing um, has been the role, uh, who's always been rolled out somewhat, mm. is um, former President Barack Obama, who has been quite high profile mm. in the last couple of weeks, particularly campaigning in those uh, the key battleground states. He's been in Ohio, he's been in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, and that, I'm not sure how well that plays for Biden either. Well, does it not just highlight, perhaps, the difference in age between former President Obama and future potential President Biden? I mean, when Obama's shooting hoops and Biden is just standing there holding his jacket, it doesn't really look good for him, does it? <laughs> it does, but it's not... It, it's, is it an angle jacket that he's holding? Biden, sadly, <laughs> he has not. his we, initials on the We do. We, we yeah. need to get an angle jacket with, what is he, J... J-E-B, is he, is he on a, do we know? We don't know. We'll have to find out. Please, if anyone knows uh, Biden's middle name, so we can get a nice jacket for him. So it is difficult. So we did have some thought there from the Sams. It is difficult to get a gauge about what a Biden presidency is. It does seem that people just really are under the impression that anything mm. would be better than a second term of Trump. Now, of course, it's not uh, only the presidential election that makes things exciting today. American voters are also turning out to vote for their representatives in Congress. Um, A very exciting uh, election. Um, The Senate uh, is looking very close. Um, The Democrats, of course, have the House. The Republicans just have the Senate. But what will that look like? in the 117th Congress. Here is Amy and Archie with a few thoughts about the key issues affecting congressional elections. When it comes to the House of Representatives election, all 435 seats are up for election. Currently, the Democrats have an advantage of 232 seats to the Republicans 197. And although it is thought that 41 of them are battleground seats, the Democrats are likely to at least retain what they already have. Although all three of the top spenders have come from the Republican Party, the Democrats have raised on average $200,000 more per candidate, raising $1.9 million each, and look on track to win 55% of the popular vote and a House majority. With regards to the Senate, 35 seats are up for election, including two special elections. These special elections are in Arizona and Georgia. There are 12 Democratic seats and 23 Republican seats up for election in 2020. The Democrats' top targets are Maine, North Carolina and Iowa. In all three of these races, the incumbent Republicans appear to be weighed down by the unpopularity of Trump, while their Democratic opponents could benefit from high turnout among voters who wish to see Trump defeated. And the spending rates correlate with these three states being battlegrounds, as in Maine, $25.6 million was spent, and in North Carolina, twenty. million. million was spent, which is the highest out of the Senate races. So are we going to see a Democrat in the White House, Democrats in the Senate and Democrats in the House of Representatives? And so then, the most exciting question of all, what is going to happen? What are our predictions? And to paraphrase the great Leeds United supporting band, the Kaiser Chiefs, I do indeed (laughs) rather predict a riot. Uh, but also, before we get on to that, what will be? Who is going to win the race? And here we have then the thoughts of a number of our upper sixth, what they think is going to happen. Hello. This is the Charlie Cobb 2020 electoral prediction with me, Charlie Cobb. And my electoral prediction is as follows. Donald J. Trump, 280 electoral votes. 
Joseph R. Biden, 258 electoral votes. The differences here between 2020 and 2016 are as follows. Michigan will go blue. Wisconsin will also go blue. However, Trump will hold on to the key swing states of Pennsylvania, Florida, Georgia and Arizona. My prediction is as follows. Donald J. Trump, 220 electoral votes. Joseph R. Biden, 318 electoral votes. Hi, I'm Tom Jowett and I predict there'll be a slim Biden majority in the 2020 election. Hi guys, my name's Tom and in this year's election, I think that Joe Biden will win a landslide victory of 388. Wug one. I'm Flash Mitra, and I think Joe Biden will win the election this year with a landslide of 350 electoral votes. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jake, and I think Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States of America. Thanks, guys. Hello, I'm Orlando. And I think that Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States with a landslide victory of more than 400 electoral votes. It's coming home, lads. I believe the American presidential election will be a close, extremely close race, but ultimately, Biden will win. Um, I reckon that Biden will win by a small margin of electoral college votes. I don't think it's going to be a landslide victory, but I do think that he will win the popular vote. My prediction is that the election will be very close. In fact, it might end up with a similar scenario to what we experienced with George Bush in the year 2000. Hello. I'm Mansell. And I think Joseph Biden is going to win with 315 electoral votes. Thanks. So thank you there to our, a number of our upper sixth for some entertaining <laughs> predictions. Um, uh, a reasonable range, therefore, I think, of uh, number pro Biden, but a couple who think that Donald Trump is going to get on the on the outside uh, to uh, win it on the line, so to speak. Docs McKenzie, if you were a betting woman, where would you be putting your money? Um, I have to say, I think it's going to be Biden, but I don't think it'll be a landslide. Um, but I think he'll win with a fairly clear margin, but I don't think that's any reflection actually of how popular Biden is. Rather, I think it's a bit of an indictment on Trump's first term, particularly his handling of the coronavirus situation. Are we both of the opinion that without coronavirus, Donald Trump would be winning a second term tonight? I think he'd have walked it, yeah. And there we go. Once again, another impact of coronavirus um, is the likelihood of a Biden presidency. And my prediction will be that Joe Biden is going to win the election. My prediction is also that by this time next year, Kamala Harris will be the 47th uh, president of America. And I also predict, which is uh, an uncomfortable, is that there will be significant tension mm. over the next two, three weeks in America. 
Uh, one hopes that not the case, but one certainly is fearful of uh, the degree of civil disobedience mm -hmm. that might take place. We hope not. We hope that the result is accepted and the result is clear cut. Well, thank you so much to all of those who took part. Um, big shout out there to our upper six politics students and some of our younger members of the Andal School community. Um, we hope you all have a great night tonight. Those of you who are staying up to watch the election results as they come in, I hope it is as exciting as you are hoping it is. And I was Mr. McKenzie. And I was Dr. Hine. Oh, Ooh, fake, fake news! news.